Ladies, gentlemen and NBs. Hold on to your hats. It's Queer and Awesome. Hello and welcome to Queer and Awesome. My name is Chris and I am your host. It's great to have you with me today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today on the podcast, we've got the regular segment of Today and Non-Binary Genders. I have a chat with a young transgender woman about her journey and life so far. And I introduce you to an awesome YouTuber that I found the other day. Happy listening. Today in Non-Binary Genders. We're talking about NB and gender flux. NB is a word that comes from the abbreviation of non-binary, which of course are the letters NB. Together they make the word NB, and this is being used quite widely because it is gender neutral. It also covers any gender identity that is not male or female. It's also been extended into use as a term, instead of boyfriend or girlfriend, using the term NB friend to relate to someone who doesn't identify with a binary gender, a gender neutral term for your partner. It can be used as a romantic term or or a sexual partner term. It's also used as a proper noun instead of boy or girl as envy. For instance, if I was dating someone who was identifying as a non-binary gender, instead of trying to say they're my boyfriend or my girlfriend, I would say they're my envy friend. Now gender flux means that how you feel in your gender on the inside varies over time. One day you might not feel very gendered at all, you might feel very neutral and then the next day you might have a very faint feeling of gender but not really feeling gender or you might even not feel it at all. It's different to gender fluidity because gender fluidity is a shift between different genders and gender flux is more that the intensity of how you're feeling your gender differs and a gender identity that often changes in intensity. You might feel one day as though you have almost no gender and then another day you might feel like you identify very strongly with a gender or more than one gender on that day. And that is Today in Non-Binary Genders. This week's special guest is a young trans woman who has recently moved to Wellington. Welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Maya. I'm a 23-year-old trans woman. So Maya, how has coming out as trans affected your life? It's interesting the way that being openly trans has changed my life. Um, One of the first things that happened to me because of coming out was... um, When I was living in Auckland, I worked for just a really scummy company and um, they had me train a team of people and they turned out to be my replacements and they pulled me in for a meeting when I asked for a raise. One of the things that said is we are concerned that your transition is having too much of an effect on you and we feel that because of that you should just take three weeks leave. Um, I refused because I need as much of that as I can get for later on. And they fired me the next day 
and a few days later when I got my pay through, I found out that the amount of leave that they'd offered me for three weeks was the amount that I'd been paid. So in essence they'd used me being transgender to try and like shiv me out of that. Um, after I got fired because I was flatting in Mount Roskill, which is super expensive, I uh, couldn't afford to flat and neither could my flatmates. So I had to move back home and this was an issue for me because five years ago my sister tried to murder me. And because I lived in the police didn't do anything. She, um, she wasn't at home anymore, I was informed. And that was sort of lying by omission, because it turns out that she was actually just on holiday. When she came back, it took three days before she tried to murder me again. But this time, after I left, she was chasing me around. Like, anywhere I went, I couldn't get away from her. And so I um, took the money that I had for board for the place that I'd you know, been chased out of to come down on one of those 11 hour bus trips down to Wellington. And I couch surfed for a bit until I found a mate who let me stay there a bit more permanently until I got myself set up. It was during that point when I went to get a protection order that I found out that not only had the police dropped any investigation into my sister a day and a half after it had been handed over from the <laughs> uh, Originally, five years ago, after I called the police out, they didn't even write up a report saying that they'd been called out, which you know they're supposed to do. And it's been interesting because I have to worry about not just sort of like how being trans might affect my life, but be prepared for the eventuality that at any time she could find me here. Wow, that's pretty heavy. That must be really hard to live with. Do you struggle with dysphoria and how does it affect you? It has enough of an effect that my work gets concerned about that. And they do care, you know, they're like, if your dysphoria is, is causing you to be unwell, then you need to just sort of go see a doctor and get a medical certificate if you feel like you can't come in. And the thing is, is though, like, it's hard getting a doctor here who is immediately available and is gonna be, um, is going to be free or cheap and it's just going to take your word for it when you say, I am just too depressed to, to work today. For me, being trans is just, it's something that I'm dealing with and it's something that I'm working on. And I have days where I get incredibly dysphoric, like suicidally depressed and just, there's days when you can't bring yourself to get out of bed because when you do, you know, you sort of get your clothes on and you go to 
brush your teeth and then you look in the mirror and it's just, you hate everything you see. That's, um, but that's sort of, it's not the reality for every trans person, but it, it's a rare occasion for me. I'm lucky that I don't get dysphoria often. If you're having a day when your dysphoria is just really bad, do you have any strategies in how you deal with that? I generally try to socialise if I can, you know. People have this sort of... Some people play video games, some people go punch a wall or whatever. Um, I just do things that I feel should make me happy, that I should enjoy when I'm not depressed. Um, and sometimes that doesn't help, but I find that honestly just connecting with people is one of the best things that I can do because there is nothing more helpful than having a support network. So I'm aware that there are many identities within the label of a transgender woman. How do you personally identify? I identify as a demigirl. It's a non-binary gender where it's not gender fluid where it changes. It's set in stone, but it's sitting sort of at a point between feminine and androgynous, just or female and agender, rather. And yeah, for me, I'm sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm at that weird sort of point where I don't quite feel a gender, but I also feel somewhat female. When did you come to the realization that you might not be a cisgendered person? And what was the sort of journey around that? Did you have to deal with dysphoria as a child? I've been told by my authorities and my peers and just society in general that, you know, because I was assigned male at birth, that is what my gender is. And I just sort of went along with it. And, and I've had dysphoria my entire life, but I've never been able to identify. I never was until I sort of started looking at other people and and one of my friends encouraged me to explore my gender and um, then initially I thought well maybe I am gender fluid and then there was this point um, where I just sort of went and it was maybe February last year I went oh my god am I trans? Like because I, you have this sort of image of, and I think even transgender individuals and non-binary individuals um, and genderqueer individuals have this idea of this is what transgender is. And with the, the little that I'd been taught about people who are transgender, I was like, what? Um, okay. But the more I looked into it, the more it felt like me. And the, the more I looked, the more I accepted that, that I might be, and the more I looked into that, then the, the easier it explained 
like this sort of self-loathing and depression and all this other weird stuff that I'd been going when I identified as cis. It definitely sounds like a pretty rough journey and I'm really happy to see that you are progressing and coming into your own while being down here in Wellington. It's really great to see. Thanks so much for joining me today. It was great to have you. So I was trolling the internet the other day and I came across this fantastic YouTuber called Dr. Lindsay Doe. Now, she runs a YouTube channel called Sexplanations and I thought, wow, that's a very interesting name for a, for a YouTube channel and it turns out she's actually a sexologist. Uh, the description on YouTube calls Sexplanations sex edutainment. Sex edutainment, get your mouth around that, I dare you. And it's hosted by Dr. Lindsay Doe, and the show is designed around the four-minute model from YouTube education to share knowledge while inspiring the audience to stay curious. Funnily enough, their most viewed episode is anal sex, followed closely by masturbation and consent. All three things are very important to life, I thoroughly agree. The host, Dr. Lindsay Doe, is a doctor of human sexuality who runs a private practice in clinical sexology where she works directly with clients on sexual health goals. And she travels internationally, which is pretty freaking cool. Her videos are fantastic. She talks about everything sex-related in a way that anyone can pick it up and listen to it and get where she's coming from. She does videos of everything from toys to flirting, gender to porn, asexuality to orgasms, transgender to biosex. Um, she does everything and it's fantastic to listen to. Unfortunately, I'm unable to play any of the content in the podcast, but I will definitely be posting up some links to some of the more interesting articles that I've found on her channel. And with that, we have reached the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It was great to have you with me today. Stay safe and make good choices. This has been Chris. Music thanks to bensound.com, title track, ukulele, and intro imaging thanks to fromtexttospeech.com.